the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your Toronto Raptors. Now, here are your hosts, Connor Chambers and Adam Corsair. We can't have a month of being just happy, can we? (laughs) We can't go six weeks without being let down once. Welcome back to another episode of the South of the Six podcast, brought to you by the StadiumScene.tv network. I'm your host, Connor Chambers. As you've heard, the co-host of the show, Mr. Adam Corsair. Adam, um, I think it's sort of a twofold just because of what we've been discussing, obviously, previously with the uh, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam deals. Um I thought that there might have been more of a tree coming from that uh, Siakam deal, especially when we're talking about a piece like Bruce Brown. Mm. But we'll get more into that in just a bit. Um, how are you following the trade deadline today? Were you uh, like most people? Were you just watching it uh, from work or did you have like a dedicated screen? How are you keeping up? So um, in my new office at work, we do not have access to Twitter. And when I turn off the Wi-Fi, uh, I have no service. But because I have Woj and Shams on alert, their tweets are able to pop up as an alert. So I'm able to see all the announcements in real time still. I'm just not able to participate on social media. So X got X'd at your work. My usage of it got X'd, but my ability to see it did not. Okay, so you're able to see tweets, right? but you're not able to interact. Correct. That's so interesting. So that is how I kept... That's why I communicated with you via text and not... Right. I kind of found that weird. I was like, because for those that aren't aware, we just have like, um, we have a bit of a group chat on Twitter where we're talking about deals and stuff like that and then adam was texting me on the side go what what's what's this what's happening what's going on and i'm like dude why not just communicate in the in the group but uh, it all makes sense now it's on all unraveled itself for here um agenda items today recording thursday february the 8th 2024 for those that care the current record of the toronto raptors is 18 and 33 we're still 12th in the east this is like the third podcast in a row that they've been just perpetually stuck at 12th in the east be probably because the teams below them legitimately stink so they're not really going to pass them they're not really going to pass anybody else so i just think 12th is kind of a solidified number for the raptors just stay there so you think that they would make moves that a 12th seed in the east would make no uh aka sell yeah yeah you would you would assume you would you would think but um first deal of the day that came through and we we all knew that the raptors were going to be participants in this deadline mm-hmm. again we just don't know because this team likes to throw curveballs and seemingly again in this trade deadline they threw another curveball like last year where they gave up a first round pick for Mr. Jakob Pertle and did not sell off Fred Van Vliet. Now we go into this trade deadline, and the first trade that comes down is the Raptors and the Jazz, and you're thinking, oh, okay, what is, what's this all about? Toronto Raptors receive Canadian center Kelly Olynyk 
and guard Oje Abaji from the Utah Jazz for Otto Porter Jr., Kira Lewis Jr. So the juniors are gone. They said we've had enough of these abbreviations. In a 2024 first round pick, which was the least favorable of OKC, the Clippers, Houston, and Utah. And if you figure that OKC and the Clippers are <laughs> really fucking good. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's basically a very late first. Um, a two-part question here for you. First part question is, does this make sense to you now that you've had a few hours to sit with this? And the second part question is, what do you grade this trade? So I'll let you kind of divulge into that. It makes sense to, first of all, move on from Otto. Yes. His, wi- his wife's from Toronto, though. Yeah, so yeah, it's a yeah. tough one. It was a bad signing. But mm-hmm. as we said at the time, it was the biggest signing since of a player that didn't play for the Raptors before since probably Damari Carroll. That's so sad. Yep. That's so fucking sad. Um, We're taking on an expiring in Kelly. Mm-hmm. But, Canadian boy, uh, I, you're, you're the resident Canadian here. Is Does that, or do you get, I'll, I'll get into more in depth with your question. Yeah. I just want to sidetrack for a second. Yeah, yeah, of course. Does the aspect of having... Kelly Olenek as a Canadian guy that played for the Canadian national team, whatnot. Does that draw interest to you? And if not, do you think that draws interest to fellow Canadians to be more inclined to watch the Raptors as a result to see one of their own? I think you'll get short-term interest. Like, I'll watch, right? Like, like I'll watch... And not saying I don't, but I'm saying like if I was a casual fan in this, I would I would tune in to watch like, you know, a few games of Kelly Olynyk, and then knowing that and, and see maybe what OJ Abaji can do uh, some of the younger guys and whatever. But I mean, you know, Kelly Olynyk's 32. Right, right. He's not young. He's he is what he is. I think it's kind of cool to see him in, in Raptors colors, and it's kind of like okay, like you're either gonna rain chase or you go back home. Like is he's from Toronto, and um, it's kind of cool for him. I I just feel like it's a reunion of Canadian right. pieces. Uh, not entirely sure what's going on with that, but um, I think that the real the real crux of it is uh, Oje Abaji, which we'll get into more, but. Kelly Olenek, I think, is kind of a short-term draw for some people, and then they'll be like, yeah. okay. Like, it's the same thing with R.J. Barrett. Like, R.J. Barrett's been having great success, but now it's kind of like, okay, we're used to that now. It's it's not like we're, you know, you're used to him in Raptors Red. Right. right. So um, now it's not a thing of um, comfortability or how's he going to adjust or whatever. You kind of know that, and you're like, it's cool, but I'm not drawing additional interest to that now. Okay. So, right. Yeah, I think that's going to be it for for the same thing with Kelly, but even to a less extent, because it's not as impactful, obviously, as um, Mr. RJ. Right. So him being Canadian is like, oh, that's cool. I'll tune in. And then the product will speak for itself. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to I I think people would have like 
various opinions but i think for me like and for the people i know for the that cheer for the raptors that are from here that support the team i think that they would probably say the same thing okay so having said that in a vacuum having kelly olenic here to play what max 10 12 minutes as a backup to hurdle cool but on an expiring for a team that's not going for anything to give up a first seems a bit egregious um at the time i was saying why are we giving up first i think that's what i said to you i don't understand yeah because yeah. we have three firsts if at the time mm-hmm. and now we have two mm-hmm Um, I guess I was thinking we're not going to be able to keep all these players we are going to draft. So in your analysis of this, Abaji is what we're banking on here. And that is not, in my opinion, worth the first. So I'm giving this one a D. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. The only way at the time that I was thinking, and I don't know if I relayed this to you, it would have made sense is and i know we're jumping ahead yeah it's okay if we would have given up brown right and we did it so with that in mind it's a d borderline f i don't understand it yeah this is an interesting one i think again you're taking you're taking a chance on a former lottery pick from last year obviously didn't have a good fit in cleveland hasn't fit well in utah but you could arguably say that um i'm just playing devil's advocate here you could arguably say you know he's been behind colin sexton and jordan clarkson in terms of like guard play so it's hard for him to sort of develop and whatever and then in in cleveland it was similar stories behind you know guys like darius garland and and at that time too colin sexton and whatever because he he went back in the Mm. um lottery marketing deal but I think that they're saying if we were to use this, you know, let's just call it 29th overall pick, would we get a player that we believe has a higher potential or higher ceiling in this draft than OJ Abaji? I think that's, I think like, like that's how I've had to compartmentalize this trade is because they clearly didn't see it in Kira Lewis Jr., even though they just traded for him. Mm. Otto Porter was salary. Right. Um, dead weight. Dead weight. And same thing with Kelly Olenek. Like this, this, this deal is more like it's, it's a short-term interest of Kelly Olenek. Maybe he likes what he sees here and he signs on like a cheap deal to stay whatever. I mean, look, he's, he's, uh, he's not a terrible option as a back-end center on a bench, but... I mean, I'm not, the the Raptors aren't going to compete next year, so it's kind of like you know have someone to plug some minutes and and chip away and provide some type of mentorship to other guys. But um, Abaji here is is the trade. I think, and I've heard a lot of people. I, I I haven't, to my credit, I haven't, or you know, to what I'm saying, I haven't really watched enough Oje Abaji to be able to formulate an opinion of whether I think that he's like just been criminally underrated or whatever, but from sure. comments that I've seen of fans of both Cleveland and Utah, they said Oshie Abaji is still like the real deal. 
So, again, I'm not entirely sure. I'd like to see how this goes. I think, you know, I, I think I'll give this a C purely based on the premise of it was to me initially it was like an F. But I've convinced myself that this trade of where the pick was is value to get a guy like Oshayabaji with his ceiling still. And that maybe is just his value has been lowered because he hasn't been in the right situation. But, you know, as soon as this trade was made, I said in the group chat, I said, Dennis is gone. Yeah. Because you're not going to put Oshayabaji behind Emmanuel quickly and Dennis, uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder. I almost said Dennis Smith Jr. Mm. Shout out Woj. (laughs) But, um, I find that interesting. Look, I, I, again, this trade does nothing for me, but I think I think I, when I put into that perspective for me, I can kind of sell myself a little bit more than maybe you can on it. Do you get Do you get what I'm saying here on this? So we're banking on upside, basically. Yeah. Um, but aren't you banking on upside when you get towards that part of the draft, anyways? I think at that point, maybe they tried, but and maybe I'm getting too caught up in what it is and right. where the pick is, but I would have just offered the Detroit second. It's You figure it's going to be separated by four or five picks. Yeah, but maybe they, maybe they didn't. They didn't want it. They wanted maybe it they first. didn't want that. And at that point, to get an extra, you know, for I, it wouldn't even be for like Detroit. Detroit is going to be like Detroit is going to be the worst team in the league. Detroit will be the worst team in the league. Yeah, but we're so, taking the worst. We're giving them the favorable, the least favorable of the yeah, Thunder's. So Clippers. that so you know it's going to be the Clippers cur- pick currently. You know the if it's OKC or the Clippers, it doesn't matter. One of the two. The you know OKC is the second best record in the league right, right now. The that, Clippers, yeah. you know, they lost, but it's like whatever. So that will be like the second or third lowest pick in the first round separation of like three or four. That's what so I'm saying. It's like, yeah. 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 It's not the end of the world. But. It's it's not. It, I get that. And I'm, I'm also reading here, we have control of Linux birds. Yeah, we do. I don't know why you would want to hang out onto him. I think a sign and trade would make more sense if that's possible. Um, I've heard he's a good locker room guy. Like sure. w- when you go through rebuilds like this, I think it's good to, to have guys that can come in, understand that they're not there to win, but they're there to provide value in a lot more ways than on the court. Um, someone like a Kelly Olenek, I feel like wouldn't bitch about that. He's going to get playing time. He's Canadian and you know, he's going to mentor himself. And if he plays well, then he moves on to a contender. So, you know, or he or he signs to one in the offseason. He's going to be a free agent. I know they have his birds, but um, I it's still it's still confusing. I'm trying to rationalize it, and I'm trying to think why they would have done this. And it sold me to move me up from a D to a C. But to put it anything above here, I just think is ludicrous. Because to me, this makes them marginally better the and, Raptors yeah yeah well because you had dead weight going out Kira Lewis Jr. wasn't playing and Otto Porter Jr. was dead weight because guy wasn't you get two you get two players that are going to play for you so maybe the goal is to just move up a little bit 
to lessen your chances in the lottery to get that top six so you have the understanding that it is going to San Antonio yeah, or yeah. banking on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, me, I, I mean, that's a lot of gambling too. Um, but see, I know, and I don't want to jump ahead, but if they were to do that, why would they waive Spencer Dinwiddie? Yeah, yeah. I, I, salary. That, I mean, will, that's yeah, that. yeah. I mean, salary. We'll, and we'll get to that, but um, um, I, I just, I don't love it. Yeah, I don't love it. It, it. I just think the sticker shock of a first round pick for a team that's clearly supposed to be rebuilding and retooling sort of throws me off and saying, that's not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. We know. Okay, so we know Danny Ainge and his obsession with picks. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Raptors were like, look, we'll give you the Detroit second. He's like. The casual fan will freak out if they see a second and we're giving up a Baji. I need it to say first. For an optics perspective, even if it's three picks more. I think at that point, yeah, you're splitting hairs and saying, okay, what's going to be the drop off from that? It's probably not that steep. If the Raptors didn't have that Detroit second round pick, I would be like, I don't quite understand this. Yeah, but I think they're just it. kind of saying like, you know, two players in that realm. If we can get a guy like a Baji with that pick and just take our chance and like if it doesn't work, that's fine. I think that's kind of the play there. And that's kind of the reasoning. Fuck, I don't know. It's, it's just it's a weak draft. I don't I don't know why. Like I don't know if they want to partake in it as much as what we've been saying. Yeah, I, you're not signing all these guys. You're gonna draft anyway. Correct. So maybe there was just an excess of picks, mm-hmm. and maybe you're right. the The headline of Kelly Olynyk coming home might attract people in the short term. Get what you can. And yeah, I mean, maybe the cynic in me, and maybe for you and I, we have acknowledged that they, being Masai and or Bobby, aren't great drafters. Um, I mean, I'd say on average from when they started up until Grady Dick, it's been good or decent. It hasn't yeah. been like great. They've had hits, they've had hits, and they've had misses. Yeah, your hits have been obviously OG and... Pascal. OG Pascal. And then I would say Scotty at four. I don't think many people had him True. at four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like, so I would say that um, obviously not a draft, but you're signing Fred Van Vliet and undrafted, but that's not a draft. So I, I don't classify that. Right. There. It's not. So you could say Pirtle. I mean, they did draft Pirtle. Yeah. Um, but I like, it's, it's, he got drafted what? Ninth overall. Ninth overall. Like yeah. he's good. Fuck, I don't know. Like, he's good. Yeah, they found talent that's good. It was easy. Ninth overall pick. I think you're splitting hairs at that point. He's probably like a late lottery. So it's like, you got you know, late lottery talent. So it's like, whatever. But You got Kawhi for him. I mean, or yeah, Danny Green if you want to yeah. go body for body. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I still say it's a D. It's, it's uninspiring. Put it that way. Fair. Unless Abaji really breaks out. And they develop it I well. Liked, I liked Abaji at a college. So that's why I think I'm a little bit higher on this than you. However, he has not shown a, he's not translated in the NBA level. So 
again, this kind of it's the same thing I was saying about Kira Lewis Jr. And they gave up on him in like fucking three weeks. Yeah. It's like if there's a if there's a program that can develop people in the league, it's one of the one one of the places you want to go to if you're a young player that hasn't had that transition properly yet. It's it's Toronto. You want to go here because everybody knows and in every podcast that you talk to about players former players current players and whatever they're like toronto's a really good team to do that with to to develop or to regain some type of fucking anything in your career so um i think i think abaji should be happy he's going away from utah to toronto on this and you know even geographically i'd be happy about that (laughs) that and you're getting you're gonna get minutes yeah he's he's going to be the backup point guard yeah. of this team. Yeah. He's going he's going to play behind Emmanuel quickly for backup point guard minutes. Whereas Let's Kelly do. what do you think? Like 10, 12 tops? Tops? I mean you still have Boucher. For for minutes? Yeah. For uh, a Baji? No. Olinic. Oh Olinic. Yeah. I think I think he gets like twelve. I I mean some nights he might get up to like fifteen, but Garbage. I just think like I just think like 12, 12 in and around yeah. there is probably what he'll average. What is he? I, I, I've got his stats. Of, what's he averaging right now? Um, he's this season. He's averaging 20 minutes a game. He's not playing in front of Pirtle. No. Is he playing in front of Chris? Yes. Okay. Then maybe he will approach that 15. I, I feel like this is, and this is why I'm so confused. As to what they're doing with Chris Boucher, because I just felt like they were done with him. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's going to, I think, you know what? I think Kelly Olenek will play ahead of Chris Boucher, which is why I'm like looking at this. And it's like, you know, if I look at the Toronto Raptors roster, I don't see anybody else. They might look to give, um, Jonte Porter some more minutes. Um, he's been hot and cold, but he seems like there's a little, a little flash there, but, um, you know, they have a lot of bigs on the bench, which is kind of a weird spot. Like they kind of have a Baji, Grady Dick and a bunch of bigs. That's what <laughs> so. it's, it's, I mean, then, yeah, if he plays behind Pirtle and he gets minutes, sure. Hmm. Again, a weird one, but Kelly's been averaging 20 minutes a game. Uh, playing on a decent, like, like you, you know, he's got a Utah Jazz team that's, but I I don't know to my, like, as I'm saying this, I don't know if he was, like, you know, they, they don't have many big bodies hmm. besides Laurie Markkinen, so maybe he was just eating up minutes like that because of that, but. 43% from three. Yeah, he's he's a he's a good stretch five. Okay. He's a good stretch four too. Like he's power forward. Did we just right? talk and ourselves into this? I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying my best, man. I'm trying my best. Eight but. and a half points he's averaging. Still five boards. It's not it's not terrible. Like him as a player is not terrible. I just think if I'm a team competing, I yeah. want that on my bench. Sure. You know, yeah, so I, like, I why was it that the Raptors were the one to give him like a ridiculously late first where yeah. you figure like a team like Boston, who he's familiar with, he would fit in well there. Boston could have used a player like him. That's what I'm saying. This is just confusing. I just wish we flipped him. Uh, it's fine. Mm. It's, it, I still say D. If you want to say, what are you saying? C? 
I'll, I'll say I'm saying C. All right, fine. Um, leads us into our next trade, which I saw someone call this one a trade that you would see on NBA 2K. And I thought it was very funny because it very much so as you look at a trade feed and it's like two computer GMs trading, making a trade. And you're like, that would never happen. That literally benefits nobody. This makes no sense. Yeah. Welcome to trade number two. Uh, Toronto Raptors may trade with the Brooklyn Nets receiving guard Spencer Dinwiddie and the Brooklyn Nets receiving guard Dennis Schroeder and forward Thaddeus Young. Goodbye, Thad. Rest in peace to the first round pick that we traded for him. Um, upon completion of that trade, the Toronto Raptors said, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. We don't want you, Spencer. And they threw him on the waivers. Um, probably because there's a, a clause in his contract that owed him one and a half million for yes. a certain amount of games played. Raptors were like, MLS, he's like, we ain't paying this and dumped him on waivers. Um, what do you make of this one? And I'm going to say the exact same questions that I asked you in the last trade. Sure. What do you make of this trade? grade this trade like what what is toronto's aim what's messiah and bobby thinking upon completion of this deal and everything that's been now completed about it with with spencer dinwiddie being put on waivers what do you think about everything about this all right it's a salary dump right that's that that's how i look at this it's a salary dump to free up some money for uh next season Mm -hmm. um from what I've seen, as reliable as it may or may not be, uh, on Twitter, is that Schroeder was very unhappy with his role, um, serving as the backup point guard behind Quickly. He thought he was taking more of a leadership role as the guy, um, you know, signing here, and he wanted out. Uh, so. By doing that, you're getting rid of him and the ghost of Thad Young. You sign or you get in return Raptors legend Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm just, he's going to have a statue. God, but never forgotten. I just, I just can't believe we got rid of him like that. It's Raptors Unreal. legend. Did so much for the community. He's He's been here a whole 10 minutes. The amount of charity work that he did for this community is, <laughs> it can't be overstated. Oh, that's incredible. There's going to be a statue they, of him. They literally, they literally say, keep your flight grounded. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm going to be a raptor? Just hold on. Uh, he's like, I kind of look good in red. Toronto's a sick city. <laughs> you mind if I get the jersey for the man cave at least? Ah, yeah. We didn't even make it. It's fine. Um, I get it as a result of the Abaji, um, acquiring Abaji. Yes. I don't necessarily care that it was just like, hey, did what he worked out. It, it basically, we got rid of bodies to shed salary. Mm-hmm. So in the interest of a rebuild and a retool, I'm okay with it. Selfishly, I wish we got like a second. like Because that's God's currency in the NBA, apparently, when you're mm-hmm. trading. Um, even if it's a way down the line second, give me something. Sure. But in the immediate term, you're shedding salary. Cool. Fine. Sam Presti was trading away garbage for more than like what what we did with you know Dennis Schroeder is 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 a valuable piece on a team looking to contend that is looking for something in the realm of backup point guard play. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder is a is a good backup point guard on a contending team. 
the fact that we salary dumped him and then waved Dinwiddie. A it was I, I just I just think the whole thing was weird. Like I, I guess he gets more of a prominent role with Brooklyn because there's no Dinwiddie there now. He kind of takes that spot. Mm-hmm. But no contending team looking for a backup point guard was like, hey, we'll throw you a few seconds. Fucking uh, Xavier Tillman went for two seconds. Yeah, and he's hurt. Yeah, and he sucks. Yeah. What are what are we doing? Like this this is what I don't understand, right? The moment the Xavier Tillman deal happened in our group chat, I sent Xavier Tillman's stats and I sent to Chris <laughs> Boucher's stats. Yep. And Chris Boucher had better point per game stats than Tillman with five minutes less played per game. Mm-hmm. And when I say five minutes less, you may think, well, that's not even that much. But with the amount that these two play, it's pretty significant. It's like 30, 35 percent differential. Now I'm going, wow, if Xavier Tillman could get two seconds, Chris Boucher can for sure fetch it first. Yeah. A guy like Dennis Schroeder can for sure fetch it first. Or at least multiple seconds. Like multiple seconds is like whatever, right? Like the remember the two trade deadlines ago, everyone was like five second round picks for this guy. And just fucking Yeah, God's seconds. currency. You did yeah. say we could get a first for shooter. I still believe that yeah. a, a team would have done that. Um so this to me is a like I understand they're trying to free up salary in the interest of a rebuild, in the interest of whatever you don't want to be paying max dollars for a team that's a not going to compete it doesn't make business sense i understand that but get fucking picks down the road yeah get seconds down the road a lot of teams don't want to be doing this protection like like first down the road or whatever they get worried i understand that but fuck man to get nothing besides a, a salary shred salary shed for dennis schroeder to me is criminal this is an F. This trade is this trade is a failure. And I'm looking at it from an asset management perspective. Sure. I understand that there's salary implica- implications. I understand MLS is like, if we're not going to compete, we don't want to be paying this team this much. I understand that from the business side. I get it. Purely from an asset management, this is a, this is an F. This trade is a failure. This this is a this this might be the worst trade that Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have ever done as in the Toronto Raptors front office. This is not worse than the Thad Young trade. Hmm. Fair. It's because not. Thad Young sucks. <laughs> and we knew he sucked and they gave up a first for Thad Young. So yeah. fair. I'll give, I'll, you know what? I'll say top three because I actually think the Pirtle one could be right up there too. Even though Pirtle's serviceable in the scope of everything, it made zero sense. Right. So at the time, in a vacuum, Pirtle was worth a first in the landscape of the NBA. Yes. yes. Just not won't, for won't the Raptors. Disagree. Yes. Won't disagree with that. But for what the Raptors were, were doing or, you know, the entire public's like sell. And they're like, no, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Shed. No, you're not, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so. Yeah. What if I told you, what if I told you, what if I lay this out to you that the salary that we were able to save or gain as a result of this would go towards extending quickly? Like gives us the wiggle room to do that. It has to come from somewhere, right? I understand that. Restrictive free agent. I mean. Um, If I'm not mistaken... 
and I'm going to look this up as I'm talking to you. I believe Schroeder's contracting. Uh, it's it's a two oh, it's a two year, but I want to see if what the option. I'm sure is an option or something. No, it's set two year. Okay, that makes sense. I had a feeling that it was an option on it. So you're getting off twelve million or thirteen million next year of Schroeder. Mm-hmm. Now, did Dinwiddie? Because I haven't looked that up. Did Spence, Spencer Dinwiddie's contract? Let's see it's here. It's expiring. It's expiring. And if he played two more games, he would have yeah. cost us a million, uh, half a million and a half. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I and, and I understand that you're looking to give Abaji more opportunity. Like I understand. I just think like you could have moved that for something else and then waived those other people. Like, do you know what I mean? Like Spencer Dinwiddie still could have fetched you something like in a vacuum. They didn't have enough time to do it, so I understand why they waived him. Correct. At that point. Um. Dennis Schroeder could have gotten you something of value, right? Chris Boucher could have gotten you something of value. And it just like, it just felt like this was like rushed and like, fuck, we have to do this. So we're going to do it. So it just didn't feel very planned out. The of value, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. The of value is, well, if they do this, we didn't get a body or a pick in return, what we were able to do is use that $13 million cap hit that we would have had with Schroeder. We yes. use that towards additional years of quickly. Yes. I mean, like when you frame it that way, it's a lot easier to swallow, in my opinion, because you're getting, you're, you're investing into your future, right? You're investing into that, that threesome of the BBQ basically Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to me that's you should be doing that but at the same time like when you take Schroeder's value alone Mm -hmm. you would want a little bit more in terms of like something tangible Mm -hmm. in return so I I see where you're coming from I just don't consider this worse than the Olenek trade no this is this is worse I, I I can't get behind that because like I guess I'm having hope that okay, we're going to extend and keep, hold on to quickly. And I like that. Right. Maybe prior to this, it would have been more difficult. Uh, they, would have, they would have figured it out. I mean, look, here's, here's, the, here's the deal. If you really wanted to figure it out, you should have fucking traded Bruce Brown. Yeah, that's... Right? But this was like, before all that. Right? Yeah, right. So just, oh. this alone, I would give this a C enough okay all right so we're on two we view both trades differently yeah which is interesting but neither of us have gone beyond a c like sure yeah, just, yeah yeah uh, this this trade is horrible i understand what you're saying i, I get it i do but this this trade fucking sucks i like um, moving off of fad young i like that idea sure i understand that shooter did not want to be here it's fair it's fair and you know Raptors legend Spencer Dinwiddie, thank you. But you weren't getting a million and a half dollars. <laughs> He's like, yeah, get that paycheck, yeah. and they're like, hell no, you're not but, getting shit. Yeah, so um, this is a little bit easier to you know reconcile mm-hmm. than coughing up a first. Yeah, I just think like, and the, and then I get what you're saying, but then I think the value of that pick in this type of draft 
were you going to get a guy with a higher ceiling than Oje than Obaji? Probably not. Right. I hear you. I get so, it. So that's kind of like they use that pick on a guy like Obaji. So but, the the consensus of those, the average is the the Raptors today trade wise did like a D plus or a D. We'll no, like, a D. like a like like a D. Yeah, like a D. Yeah, like D D minus because yeah, I sure. threw an F in there. It's yeah. like a D. Uh, not impressed. Yeah. Um, we've talked about, and I don't know if you want to wrap up anything more about that. But no, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've talked about the guys that got moved, and then we've had the little mention of the guys that didn't. Right. Let's chat about that for a bit. Um, notable names still on this team. I think the one that really surprises a lot of people, Bruce Brown. Chris Boucher, I think you and I both expected to be moved as well. I threw in Jakob Pertl's name here just because it was floating. Um, I didn't expect that one as much. His contract's still pretty heavy, and right. I think that's more of like an off-season or draft day move because um, that's just a little bit more complex for teams. i got to figure things out a little bit more because there's more years to a player like this. It's not a, you know either a rental or a salary dump or whatever. Yeah. So... Um, Focusing, I guess, more on like guys like Bruce Brown and Chris Boucher. Why do you think those players weren't moved today? Well, Boucher, because wasn't it rumored yesterday that they were motivated to move him? Yes. And they were asking for a first? Yeah, well, the, look, the market was set. If Xavier Tillman got two seconds, Chris Boucher should have more than, like, should have easily gotten a late first. Maybe it it was stubbornness on Masai's part that wanted a first and teams weren't willing to cough it up. Instead, offering two seconds. Um, I don't see a need for him. No. Um. It's not shocking. The most shocking one of all of this is Bruce Brown. Yes. Um, but I, I don't think this was the first time they tried to move Boucher. So, is he on expiring? Pull that up. Um, yeah, I think I think like Boucher. That's a tough one because you know. That's a guy that's been here. He's the last piece of the team. Uh, I can see this now. Um, he's not an expiring. He's got one more year with a $10.8 million cap hit. That's a next year move. So I can so I can sort of see that now. But again, that's one that you're like, get this guy off the team. Yeah. But next yeah deadline. like chris boucher is barely fucking playing and he's this year his cap hits 11.7 yeah so next deadline mm-hmm. that's when we get our two seconds <laughs> great you know Yay. um sick bruce brown i don't know why he's still on this team I, they must have wanted one. two first it must have been egregious because the you can't get two first for him though. Like the fact that it was rumored, don't know how legitimate this was or what the protections were or what have you. But uh, the fact that it was heavily rumored that the Knicks were willing to give to give up a first, I said it on Raptors Reddit. Smash, accept, move on. Yes, 
Yeah. This is an extension of the Pascal Siakam deal. Yeah. Right? You already have two firsts from that. Obviously, one's been moved. But you have two you had two firsts from that. You could have eventually the tr- completed the trade tree with at least three firsts. Like that's what we were saying, really. But you get three firsts and like a young player and like whatever, then it's like whatever, it's good. But if you get if you got a first and a second round pick or something for Bruce Brown, you should have taken it. Uh, uh, like if if I'm if I'm Toronto, I wouldn't want to pick this year in the first round again. I'd just like 2026 first round pick. Give me that. Yeah. Done. 2027 first round pick. Give me that. Done. Something. Something. The problem now becomes bruce brown's contract yeah right there's an option on it and i'm gonna pull it up as we're chatting here bruce brown has a team option so club option for 23 million dollars next year he's making 22 million this year so it's not it's not a massive gap um people could have been a little bit hesitant on paying bruce brown a full 23 million for a season but bruce brown could be an enticing trade deadline option or a draft day or a draft day trade where you pick up his club option. Now you know you have him for one year at 23 million and then you move him. Or you just don't pick up the option. But They're you still have the cap. Yeah, They're so, not going to do that. So maybe the Raptors pick up the option and this is a next year move. Mm-hmm. Again, much like Boucher. Brown and Boucher gone next year as opposed to this year, right? Like, What would you... Wait, what? This player cannot be traded with other players until March 17th, 2024. Why? I'm looking on Spotrack. Uh, oh, yeah, I see that too. This player cannot be traded with other players until March 17th, 2024. That doesn't make sense. Maybe now? Well, wait, but that, that wouldn't make sense because trade deadline just passed. It's weird. Huh? That, that, if, if that was like... The, you then know, why would they rumor like, him to be... Yeah, on- reports are saying they... The Raptors were heavily shopping. I'm like that, I I don't think that that's accurate. Okay. Regardless, how would you have felt if the Raptors held on to that late first? Yeah. Forget salaries for a second. Held on to that late first and included Brown instead for Olenek and Abaji. No, that's that's brutal. That's brutal because Brown is more valuable than that. Brown is more valuable than just a throw-in based on what I've been hearing and seeing and based I, on I what don't I know. Disagree. Like, I, I know. I'm just... It's got to be a, a next-year move. And it it also that be. also wouldn't have been able to work. Because yeah, salaries. Would have, yeah. yeah, salaries don't match. I, I get yeah. it. I'm just... Mm-hmm. You got to pick up... You got to exercise the option. Now, you have to. You fucking have to. Oh, you, you can't let him walk. Right. And you have to heavily shop him next deadline. Mm-hmm. They might move him at trade deadline. Yeah, trade deadline. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Draft day is what oh. I meant, not trade deadline. They may move him draft day. I could see them. I could see. I could see a team that's like, you know, looking and, and trying to make a move or something, and they, you know, they throw in. Maybe the Raptors are like, shit, there's a guy that we've scouted now in this draft that we like. We'll take him and then two future seconds on top of that for Bruce Brown right now. Done. Uh, Here's the problem. Yep. 
Interesting. Okay. Deadline to pick up the option is June 29th. You're saying mm-hmm. draft. The draft is the 27th and the 28th. No, 27th. Sorry. It's 27th. Yeah. No, and 28th. They're doing, two, years. They're doing two days. Two days. Yeah. I don't know that he gets moved because I don't know if a, if a club wants to pick up that option. Um, I mean, like half of 23 million is much easier to swallow at the trade yes, deadline. Yes, 100, 100%. I agree with that. But this is so i just i i think that you and i as we go through these podcasts we always try to think of like what are the raptors doing and i feel we always have this conversation all the time what are the raptors doing i'm just i think you and i try to wrap our heads around it so much that it's like you know um i think bruce brown look he's he's a good player he's gonna be 28 next year so he's still like that's prime. still got some juice like yeah. He will not finish his like he will not finish the contract out in Toronto. They'll pick up his club option. They will move him. But they have to. They have to pick up this option. I swear, if they don't, like what that, did you that learn? Will be, that will be a big fumble. If they yeah, don't. what did you learn? Especially if you had a first on the table. Mm-hmm. Now again, we don't know protections. We don't know parameters surrounding it. But and even if that's true, I have no reason to think it wasn't. Because it was, I think even Grange was the one that broke the news that it was the Knicks have the offer on the table. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. He's obviously got his finger on the pulse. So he's he's connected. Yeah. Um, you have to pick up this option. So maybe that's why it, it takes a little bit of the sting out of the way. But again, if you had the first, the Knicks didn't give a fuck. So just make the move. Um, Pirtle, we talked about. I don't care. Boucher, fine. Yeah, I, I. It's whatever. I mean, like the, the way they are, they should still hover around that twelfth spot. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess the saving grace of the trade deadline is they're not going for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Currently, the Raptors sit eighteen and thirty-three, as we mentioned. Um, if you look at league-wide standings, they are seventh. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies also have an identical record of 18 and 33. Maybe Toronto has a tiebreaker over them that puts them ahead of them in the standings, but Memphis is behind Toronto, the closer to the lottery. Sure. Um, Toronto's probably just trying to stay in that seven, eight spot. And I think, I think it's one of those things where it's like, look, if we, if we hit here and then, we have to give up that pick then it's fine whatever but if we are in the lottery like if we if if we're seven or eight and then we the lottery balls fall our way then like that's that's great too like i I think that toronto has to really sit like eight that's i think that i I, yeah i just think i think that they they can't afford to get top six no you do not want top six no then it it uh Defers to twenty five, correct, and then you're in trouble. Yeah, you don't. You want. You want to stay out of there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's just it's the biggest bummer to me that Brown wasn't moved. Yeah, um, that to me was was disappointing, especially with the knowledge that you had a first on the table. To yeah. me, it's just we're back banging our heads against the wall, saying what, what, what are you doing? 
And I think that's why I texted you. I was like, for fuck's sake. When they said they have no plans on moving him, I was like, for yeah, fuck's sake, was, why? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was so strange. Um, we've talked about this enough, but I, I you know, closing thoughts sure. on your mood on the deadline and your mood so far this season with the moves that have been made. So you can start, you know, deadline and then you can branch out. Are you, are you happy? Are you upset? Are you just kind of like meh is it a combination obviously trade deadline is a little gone a little bit differently than what we've seen in the trades throughout the season so the team looks drastically different from the start of the season and now but you know different timelines what are your thoughts it was kind of a boring trade deadline you know um i don't, I don't want to sound like an old man screaming at clouds but back in my day <laughs> like i always ranked like there was a time especially in that sweet spot of 15, 16, there was a time where the MLB trade deadline was king. Yes. And then it was NBA trade deadline Mm -hmm. and NFL. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, I feel like NBA trade deadline gets a fuck ton of attention. Like they have four-hour specials on it. And even the NFL has eclipsed the MLB trade deadline, I feel, Mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. So being as though now in today's, you know, world of the top three sports top four if you want to include nhl because i don't think i mean you would know better if that's exciting uh it used it actually used to be and now it's not but it definitely used to be for sure they would have they would have trade deadline like they would do it for like 12 hour days oh wow they run like a 12 hour like trade deadline special show from like 9 a.m to 9 p.m and they would just run through and the trade deadline is at three and then they do six hours recapping because they'd come down to like 35 to 40 moves in the day. Oh, wow. It was intense. Okay. And now there's like, now there's like 12. Oh, okay. So there it's much less frequent. Yeah. Um, being, seeing as though that we, I guess we agree that the NBA trade deadline is probably one of the most exciting. This was just fucking wet blanket. Just yeah, sucked blue balled me to death today so yeah this this was shit yeah so i would say the feel of it this morning i was excited um even last night when i saw the the reports of attaining a linic i was like well if we can get some picks for brown if we take on a linic then expiring like or yeah. a pick like let's go yeah yeah um and it just turned out to be a oh, man like not what you expected. Not what I expected at all. Fair. I think it's fair. Look, I don't. I don't think many fans expected today to go the way that it did. Um, the disappointing day. Uh, not very many of us would say that it's a win. A lot would say it's a C D F. Yeah. Uh, not a great day, but uh, you know, I think that. You know, the Pascal and OG deals were good, in my opinion, especially the OG deal mm-hmm. that, that got us that. I'm just confused as to what Masai and Bobby are trying to do here. I don't particularly get it, but I'd like to see again what happens when that, when the, you know, when the dust settles. And by that, I mean what they're going to do in the offseason and maybe what they're planning, what we can see maybe what they're planning for in the next like year or two. Yeah. Maybe this starts to set up for some of that stuff, but I'm just trying to talk myself into not feeling depressed again, but yeah. it's hard not to. We had a euphoria for about a month and now we're just right back to square one. I don't think it was a lack of trying though. The only one right. that I'm like, what are you fucking doing is the Bruce Brown, but yeah. 
I understand the Schroeder. I understand getting a you know a prospect in a Baji is just fuck, man. You got a first on the table. Got to take that. Yeah. Got to take that. All right. Um, all right. D D D all around, but let's go to the NBA landscape. Sure. Let's uh, let's kick that off. Um, let's start in the West. Pretty top heavy mm. in the West. Um, currently, as we're recording this. Three teams are tied for first, and the Clippers are a half game out of first, and they're sitting in fourth. They lost last night, and they dropped from first to fourth. Yep. So congratulations, Clippers, for that. Um, OKC, Minnesota, and Denver all sit at a record of 35 and 16. Um, Any surprises from those four teams there? I'm just shocked that Minnesota is still this good. I I remember in the beginning of the year, we I think we on recording saying. It's not going to last. Yeah. It's a consistently good team. So is the Brazil account still closed? I think so. Unfortunate. I love them. They gave, they gave life to to NBA Twitter, but I think they're still, I think they're still nuked. Okay. Well, that's the biggest surprise. Like thunder being this good does not surprise me. No. I mean, you knew it was coming. I, I don't know if I would necessarily have had them in first sure. at this point in the season, but I still think that, you know, I, I think when we did our predictions on standings, I think I had them like third or fourth. Like, do you follow NBA central? Uh, yeah. Did you see the tweet about the GM, the anonymous GM? No. Okay. I flipped out. I said, it's, I, I know I'm sidetracking, but yeah, so yeah, it, it will tie into this. Yeah. Um, he said, I would take him. He said, that motherfucker always finds a way. I would take him over Tyrese Halliburton, and I may consider taking him over Shea. And he was talking about Brunson. It was an unnamed GM. And I was like, that GM should be fired immediately. What? He would consider taking Jalen Brunson over Shea Gilders Alexandra. Even Tyrese Halliburton. Even, like, yes. <laughs> like, like, like Shea, saying that over Shea is egregious. Shea, in my opinion, is MVP this year. Yes. Like, like in my opinion, he's, he's probably going to lose to Jokic. But in my opinion, Shea is MVP. Um, that's nuts. That's just, that is, that is the most asinine take. And some people here just don't know ball clearly. And it's probably the New York Knicks GM. No, I'm thinking it's the Kings because he's upset that Tyrese. <laughs> maybe shit. You're, you're Kings. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, maybe they have some bad leadership over there. I don't know. It's probably, it's probably a GM of some shit team, but like that he should be fired. Yeah, uh, if anyone ever finds that source, um, and I was the owner of that team, and I found this, I'd fire him. I'd fire him immediately. 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 Horrible. Um, Yeah, Minnesota, I think, is is a really surprising team. They have the best, in terms of points per game, they have the best defense in the league. 107.1 points per game given up. That is the best defense. That's the best number of offensive points per game given up in the league. Mm. So their offense isn't, you know, in terms of points per game, it's nothing crazy, but their point differential six like that that competes that plays right. Like that's really good if you if you're having a plus six point differential, that's really good sign. So their defense is really good, and that's what's winning them games. So good for them. Yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, 
the fact that they're there, I think, is the most surprising. Um, Boston beginning to pull away a bit in the East. Uh, I think we're seeing that now. Second place, Cleveland. Yeah. Cavaliers. Nine and one in their last ten winners of seven straight. Seven straight. Cleveland Cavaliers are in second place five games back of Boston. So Boston's beginning to pull away. Um, Doc Rivers. Let's talk about this a little bit. (laughs) Adrian Griffin gets fired. Doc Rivers comes in. Doc Rivers sucks. I'm sorry. Doc Rivers is, is bad. He's not a good coach. I don't understand this obsession with Doc Rivers. And, and coaching, I don't get it. Am I missing something with Doc Rivers? Unless he's... My only understanding of this, or rationale, I should say, mm-hmm. is that Griffin wasn't a player's coach, and maybe Doc Rivers is a very, very favorable player coach. Um, I think as a result of this, it's... Like, Giannis has turned full heel. Yeah. And the diva in him is out. Yes. That's what I never thought I'd say that about Giannis. They were dancing the night Griffin was fired. I know. I know. That's that's so disrespectful. That's so disrespectful. You don't do that. Show some class. Yeah, man. Show some class. And he's acting. I didn't know this was going to happen. I, I was just no. Surprised. He fucking. He, they're, they're not. They're not firing a coach of the team that was the two seed in the East. That was like doing that. I think their record at the time might be like thirty one and and fifteen or something like that. You don't. They don't just fire. Or it was like thirty one or thirty and thirteen or something. It was something like that. You don't just fire a coach that that's having a really good season like that for no reason. And I think he was, he being Giannis, was opposed in the offseason for Nick Nurse to be their head coach. Yes. And wanted correct. Griffin. Correct. And now he doesn't. And then this and that. And he goes, I don't know. I didn't do that. Uh, yeah, Doc Rivers doesn't. Is he coaching the All-Star team? What, is he, he is. <laughs> He's coaching. Apparently, he is giving the all-star game coaching bonus to Adrian Griffin. So Okay. Good Fair. for him. Yeah, yes. But because you get a bonus for coaching the all-star game. Uh deservedly so, and good for him. He's giving that bonus to Adrian Griffin. Have they so. won have they won a game with Doc? Yes. They've won um I believe one game. I'm just gonna pull it up. Um let's take a look at their schedule here. So they have I can't remember when this went down, but over the last five games are one and four, one and four over the last five. Two and two and five over the last seven. Um Yeah, he's one and four with the Bucks. Yeah, so he so one and four with the Bucks. That's incredible. Cost him second place. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Wow. Yeah, he sucks. I don't understand the obsession with him. Anyways, um, yeah. if anyone has an answer out there for us, please let us know because I don't get it. I think that just his track record speaks that he's 
especially come playoff time, horrible. Have you seen? Did you see him in the huddles? No. Um, is there? There's like a video of him in the huddles, and it's someone's like, oh, Doc Rivers knows how to inspire people, and he's sitting there, and he's like, "Come on, guys, <laughs> let's go, guys." And I just was howling. I'm like, this guy doesn't know it. This guy's saying nothing, man. He's shit. Yeah. Um. Moving on to something close to our heart, OG and Anobi out a minimum of three weeks after undergoing surgery. Um, New York Knicks have looked really good with him. Yeah, it's sort of... Uh, they're they're also 9-1 their last 10. Yeah, it peels the veil back a little bit as to why they were so aggressive at the deadline, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, by points per game metrics, they have the second best defense allowed in the league points per game and uh, you know og and Anobi is a massive testament to that yeah are they going to be able to withstand three weeks without og and Anobi? i don't know but that's a big blow and that's the other thing about og is like, he's fragile he's a fragile player uh so you're gonna get that with og i think so bear in mind that there's a good chunk of time with the all-star game mm-hmm. fair so it should be it's not too game i mean sorry three game weeks it's just three weeks so he should be okay i think they're one game they're one game out of second place um they're four and a half games uh ahead of the sixth place indiana pacers so they should be all right uh maybe drop a spot because philly is fifth two and a half games away from them but um yeah yeah um Anything else you want to wrap up on with the NBA landscape before we move on to game predictions? Yeah, sure. Uh, shout out to Scotty for being an all-star. You should have got it the first time. Agree. Agree. Casuals that say, why is Scotty included? <laughs> Just tell me you don't want, don't yeah. know ball. They're telling me you don't know ball yeah. right there. Scotty Barnes having a better season, in my opinion, than Mr. Jason Tatum. So should have got it the first time, but should've. I get it. It's... Is what Snake clout. Yep. Snake clout. Exactly. That's it. So, um, game predictions. There's only four because we run into the All Star break. Sure. So let's run them. Friday, February 9th, Toronto Raptors take on the Houston Rockets. Um, I have this as a W just because of moves that are being made, and I think players are going to want to showcase themselves a little bit. A fresh fresh injection in here. I'm going to put this as a W. I don't disagree. Uh, Rockets aren't that good. And uh, the Canadian connection mm-hmm. with Kelly Olenek probably making his debut. I think there's enough time yeah. um, to pass physicals and whatnot. And yeah, he should be okay. He probably will be under you know limited minutes. But sure. Yeah. I think um, would... No Fred Van Vliet either for the Houston Rockets. There you so. go. Um, sorry for all those fans that bought tickets expecting a Fred Van Vliet homecoming. You're not getting one. Yeah. Uh, wait till next year. Uh, next day, Saturday, February 10th. So it's a back to back, uh, staying at home to play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, sorry, this is an L. It's a loss. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nothing else to say about that. Um, get a day break. And then all these are at home, by the way. So they have like a home, they have this like four game stretch at home. It's great. Monday, February 12th, they take on the Spurs. I, I disperse her shit, but I have this as a loss. Both teams are going to really want to win this game. Yes. For the I sense of that, that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the Raptors can win this game. Yeah. So you have this as a win. I yeah. just, I, exp- I just have this feeling Wemby's going to cook. 
I think Wemby is going to take Pirtle and dissect him. Yeah, probably. Did you see yeah. today that he was already like dry humping the Miami Heat? Did you see that quote? He's like, I love their culture. Come on. Yeah, so future Miami Heat. Oh, no. Wemby. Pop is like, fuck. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, February 14th, last game to predict against the Indiana Pacers. This Siakam. is a homecoming for Pascal Siakam on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think Siakam might cook us for 40. I'm going to say no. Oh, definitely no. De- I hope Halliburton plays. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I expect him to. Um, would be nice to see him. I think it's going to be an L, and I think you know the combo of Tyrese and Pascal might actually put up 90. So, Do you think that fans will cheer for the Raptors? Or will it be like a DeRozan homecoming where every time Siakam touches the ball and if he scores, they cheer and... Yeah, I think Only I him. think they give I think they give this one game, and I would be okay with that as a Raptors fan if if there's a one game grace period here of like yeah you can cheer for him, and then after that do not start yeah. like like the next game is like yeah you cheer him when he's like getting gets introduced or whatever you can give him that, but after that like if he scores a bucket on us like don't fucking cheer. <laughs> too don't cheer. too soon to have a tribute video. Uh no. I don't think so either. I think they do. No, I especially think, I think, on Valentine's I think they'll put some together. Yeah, yeah, as they should. Yes, but yeah. Um, um, hold on. Last prediction: Super Bowl. It's a script, man. The Chiefs are gonna win. The Chiefs are gonna win. It's Chiefs, a script. Chiefs are gonna win. Confetti's mm. gonna fall. Travis mm. Kelsey's gonna get on one knee. Propose no. to Taylor Swift. He's gonna no. become Travis Swift. He's gonna retire. Couple he's years. Take her last name. Yep, he's gonna take her last name. Couple years, they're gonna buy an NFL franchise, the Oklahoma Swifties. The Oklahoma Swifties. <laughs> Where? What depths of Reddit are you on to have come up with this? <laughs> That's fucking crazy, man. The Oklahoma Swifties. Travis New NFL team. Swift coming at Travis you. Swift. Propose to Taylor and retire all at once. That's right. This is nuts. You're crazy. One um, of those things is going to happen. I don't hate that, though. Yeah, but the Chiefs are going to win. That's okay. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Um, Brock Purdy's... I, I'm sorry. I'm st- I still don't believe the Brock Purdy hype. I think he's not great. So. I think the Niners have better offensive weapons overall. Yes. Well, I think if, you, if, you put, if you put Mahomes on the... on the, If you put Mahomes on the Niners and cooking. Purdy on the Chiefs... Cooking. Right? Like, it's not even a contest. He's cooking. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you put Justin Herbert on the 49ers. Cooking. Cooking. Yeah. Cooking. cooking. yeah. Don't be hating on my boy Herbert. Uh, Chargers, by the way, they're going to be. Oh, I, I think they're going to be the second best team in that division. Uh, yeah, easily. I think so. I think so. Because um, he can see Chiefs regression and maybe they're the first. They best. have a shit ton of cap space, dude. They're going to Yeah, buy. they're going to they're gonna trade off this Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. They're going to get rid of him. So. Okay. They got problems, but that's that's all right. Jim Harbaugh, Natty winner is going to save them. Um, all right. Well, for the basketball portion of our podcast, that concludes <laughs> us. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for listening. You can find us on every pod catcher that's not SoundCloud because the orange apple. Is, is, is it black colored now? I actually haven't been on is SoundCloud it? in a minute, but I think they got rid of the orange color. They put the logo to black. Do they still do podcasts anymore? Or are they strictly music now? 
I don't know. Like, I literally haven't. Yeah, SoundCloud is a is a black. Oh, I'm looking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, SoundCloud's a black logo. So, um, I was gonna say the orange app. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Um, but anywhere else that provides podcasts, you'll find us on. Uh, check us out on socials. Um, he is at Adam Corsair. I am at Connor Chambers, and we are at South of the Six, spelled with the number six in the letters IX. Um, if you kindly enjoyed, if, if you enjoyed what you're listening to, and you can kindly leave us a review, a thumbs up. Um, tell Adam how amazing his voice sounds in that microphone of his. It's lovely. Thanks, and until next time, we will catch you guys later. Peace out. for listening to the south of the six podcast don't forget to follow us on twitter and instagram at south of the six and to subscribe to our show we're on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher spotify yeah we're everywhere while you're at it if you liked what you heard do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review we appreciate it thanks again go raptors